Well, this morning <clears throat> I am preaching from here because I promised Alex that I'd have a, a different sermon on Sunday morning from the one I preached last night. A few of you were here last night, and uh, so I don't want to have to proclaim the same message to you again. And um, so I'm, I, uh, I'm going to use the stand here today. So my, my recollection is this. I think I was in the second grade, and I remember our teacher handing out um, little seeds that we planted into a styrofoam cup filled with dirt. Actually, she had first put them in water and sprouted the seeds, and then she handed them to us, and we got to plant them in that little cup of dirt. It, uh, it grew. It was a miracle to me as a child. I mean, I'd seen crops from the fields, but I hadn't ever really thought about how they grew. My grandfather was a farmer. We'd go out to visit his farm, you know, but the corn would be knee-high, and you'd be out there for the day, and when you went home, it was still knee-high. So uh, when, when I watched this, this seed grow, it was really quite a miracle to me. I remember taking it home, teacher said we could take them home it was the end of the school year and then she told us uh, you know we could plant them in a garden so I mentioned that to my mom and so we took it out to the backyard and planted it in the garden <clears throat> my dad was a, a, a avid gardener so he made sure that it had had water and <coughs> excuse me and when um, when the time went on it continued to grow until we got into the summer and it actually uh, yielded a few beans so we got to eat those beans one night for dinner and when I reflect upon that memory um, I remember especially how amazed I was um, watching because you could see that seed growing that plant growing um, almost every day through the gift of creation, God continues to bring into existence this world. And it's quite remarkable because we often fight against that creation. We, uh, we, we destroy it, um, we hoard it, uh, we covet it, we neglect it, we toss it. Um, and yet, in the midst of all of our actions, God continues to create. This morning, um, we heard from our oldest daughter in Chicago. Um, they are at their other grandparents for Christmas this year. And um, she was telling us that they got to see a goat, a, a baby goat born this morning. And uh, I thought of memories of watching lambs being born on my grandpa's farm uh, things like that, and it, it uh, made me a little nostalgic for, for that farm life. And so this gift of life comes from Christ. I know it says it comes from God, or in particular it comes from the Word, but when you read in First John the Word, you can actually substitute Jesus. Matter of fact, at our service last night, at our uh, candlelight service, 
uh, Larry Person read a portion of this scripture, and, uh, and he invited the congregation. He says, when I read the word, you put Jesus in there. And so, <clears throat> life is a miracle. Creation, the, these gifts that we receive. Um, I remember when our children were born, um, when they took their first breath and cried out, um, it was a breathtaking moment for me as, as a dad. And it was miraculous to think that, that this new life had been given to us. And that's what I think it means when it says in our scripture for today that all things, emphasize all things, came into existence through the word through Jesus. Without the word, nothing came into existence. Let's try that again. Without Jesus, nothing came into existence. All life came into being through the word, through this Jesus. The earth and the stars, the land and the seas, all came into existence. The plants and the fish and the animals came into existence through this word, Jesus. The light and the darkness, night and day, came into existence. Men and women, boys and girls, yes, even dogs and cats, came into existence through the living word, through Jesus. And God still, God's word still speaks life into our existence today. Our scripture then says this. Then the word, Jesus, came into the very world that he had created. Then the word came into the very world that he had created. Yet the world did not know him. I got a notice on my email the other day that a friend of mine from high school uh, had commented. Now, I don't really get on to Facebook. I'm not a social media person. Um, but I do get these little updates, and I have an account. And so once every couple of weeks, Facebook will send me an email that somebody has commented. And normally I don't even look at those, but uh, this one, I was a guy that I knew in high school. I hadn't seen or heard from him for, well, many, many years, we'll say. And uh, so I, I went online and I looked at his picture, and I thought, that's not him. That's not anything he looked like when he was in high school. You know, I haven't changed a bit, <laughs> but he looked so dramatically different. I didn't recognize, I didn't know him. And so when the word came into the very world that he had created, is it a surprise that the world did not know him? The word Jesus came into the world that he had created. How often have we looked upon this word and its creation and not recognized it? How often have we taken from this world and not given thanks to the creator who has gifted it to us? How often have we looked upon our homes, our family, our possessions and said, they're all mine. 
I don't know about you, but periodically in my devotional life, I will come upon a drought. Yes, I know I'm the pastor. I'm not supposed to divulge these moments, but I'm trying to be an authentic pastor, and I want you to know that sometimes I come upon a spiritual drought as well. I can tell myself, well, I'm too busy, or I, I'm just, I'm tired. I need a break. Or the best one, you know, is, well, I've read all of this before. What can I learn today? And I neglect it. But then I will get back into that word, and I'll hear a familiar story, something that I have heard before, but that living word will speak to me in a way that I have not heard before what the word wants me to hear and has created new life within me, a new love for God's word. Now my kids tell me that sometimes I've forgotten the word. I, I probably have learned it before, but it's my old age that, uh, that makes, makes me forget some of that. But um, nonetheless, when we take a look at these opportunities to be a part of the word of life, God will create within us. God's word, Jesus, is the living word, and it brings life even today when we open ourselves to encounter it. Once I return to the word, it ministers to me. And when we have been absent from worship, for example, and we return, God can create new life even through that worship experience. The living word, Jesus, comes to us. When I take bread and wine from this altar, I hear once again how much God loves me. You see, that is why the word is living. It's not a dead word. It's not a historic word. It is a new word that brings life. It is still creating new life within us, in you and in me. But there's more than even new life because this word also gives you a new identity. On the night Jesus was born, God proclaimed in a simple sign, a simple miracle, the birth of a baby, that there was a huge promise attached to it. This was the sign, the scriptures tells us from Luke chapter 2. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. In this ordinary baby was a promise that had been attested to since the time of King David. This little baby was born in Bethlehem, and he was born as the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. This ordinary baby came with an extraordinary identity. That identity is your Savior and your Lord. And because of that identity, we too have the promise of a new identity. And that's what it means that you are now children of God. 
sons and daughters of the Most High. In verse 12 of our reading today, that's what it says, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become the children of God. I remember when I was young and I had lots of questions about what I had to do to inherit eternal life. You see, I, I grew up in a, um, in a family that was very loving, but we had very strict boundaries and rules. And um, you could say it was a strict law code for our family. I knew what I had to do to be on my best behavior. But I, I had friends who didn't live according to that same strict law code. And I would watch what they did, and I would think, I wonder if I could do that and still go to heaven. I remember when I was a young adult seeing kids go to parties and thinking, what would happen to me if I went to a party? Would I lose my standing with God? With God? Would I lose my opportunity for heaven? That's, that's really what I thought. What I learned in college was that we are not born as sons and daughters of God by the will of the flesh. That means that we are not children of God by what we do. Now, I don't want you doing crazy, stupid things, but I do want you to know that if you've done crazy, stupid things, God still loves you, God still forgives you, and God still promises to be your God. So God sent his son into the world so that he would take our crazy, stupid things upon him. He was born in Bethlehem, grew up in Nazareth, started ministering to people in Galilee region in his early 30s. He was arrested after several years. He suffered and he died on the cross for our sins. But God raised him from the dead on the third day. And that is how we are born as sons and daughters of God. It's not by what we have done. We are born sons and daughters of God by what God has done for us. And all God asks from us is to accept this, to accept this gift. Now, I think you all maybe have had some gifts shared already this morning, or maybe you're preparing to share some later today. I would like to know, did anyone reject a gift? I mean, even if you didn't really need it, you probably still accepted it. And <clears throat> what, what, uh, what John is writing here is that when we accept this gift, which has already been beautifully prepared for us, then we get to experience the fullness of this gift. So this Christmas morning, I want you to know that you are a child of God. You are sons and daughters of the Most High. And God will continue to bring new life into your life through his word, the word by which he creates, this word, Jesus. And God will not only continue to bring you new life, but God will also remind you 
of your true identity, not as a broken sinner, but as a forgiven, beloved child of God. Are you ready to receive this word this morning? If so, let's pray. Everlasting God, you promised to bring life into this world, into our world. In the birth of Jesus, you promised that we will have a new identity through him. This Christmas and beyond, help us to live joyfully in response to this truth, this truth about our identity, this truth about our lives. Help us to live so that the whole world may see you in us and know the joy of Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen.